Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of OA News Overtime. I'm Jordan Hill with Justin Lee. Jordan, we have to stop doing these after lunch. Yes, and we had a big lunch. We had a very big lunch. With, with dessert. No, I just want to take a nap. Yes, I made the mistake of eating a lot of banana pudding. Jordan Hill's famous, the Hill family recipe. Mama Hill. Mama Hill's Mama recipe. Mama Hill's banana pudding. I was like, oh, I can eat some of that. I'll be fine. I'll be productive. No. We're going to do our best. Very little. Very little productivity. Besides giving you guys the best podcast imaginable. Have we considered siestas? Have we considered As not? a culture. Have we? we <laughs> that really needs to be brought to the forefront, I think. Yeah. Not, enough, not enough people are talking about it. People are asking. People are asking questions. You're hearing and more we, and more. <laughs> you're hearing more and more. Uh, I'm going to be hearing more and more as soon as we uh, get done with this podcast, but... Um, we're getting ready for you know the biggest week yet of the Brian Harson era. I think is that's it? safe to say because it's very safe to say. Auburn, number uh-huh. twenty-two in the country, uh-huh. getting ready to go to Happy Valley. Uh-huh. Number ten, Penn State, probably the truly the highest anticipated game of this weekend. To be fair, the games are kind of besides this game. There's not a ton of great matchups besides like an Alabama. Crimson Tide going to the swamp. That's about the other. That's, about it. that's the other big one. The focus is kind of on two teams from uh, uh-huh. Alabama. But uh, so Auburn's going to be going up there. Uh, before we dive into that, let's look back on Alabama State sure. blowout. Um, are there things we haven't really tackled or, or didn't? The two things that come to mind for me, obviously we recorded a podcast right after the game. Man, our podcast right after the game was just so good, Jordan. Yeah, oh, we just, I don't know if we have. You know, there's just we don't want to <laughs> steal from that. The only two things, and I think we probably did kind of hit on this, the question about Sean Chivers uh-huh. because he didn't play. We still don't know at this point if he's going to play on Saturday. He's you obviously want to got – yeah, we're all day today. Come on, Brian. Uh <laughs> But, uh, you know, him being there I think would be a big boost. I don't think their chances are completely doomed if he's not, and I think you got to like what you've seen from a true freshman in Jarquez Hunter. But that's a true freshman, and he's never played on this stage, and he's certainly never played in an environment like this. I'll tell you what. Yes. Not to uh, speak of the dead, but uh, Gus Malzahn. <laughs> I didn't know where we were going with that. <laughs> Gus used to worry so hard about freshmen fumbling the ball. Yeah. That was his big – he would like like a couple years ago when Worm, when Shivers and Anthony Schwartz and those guys were freshmen, they're playing a lot. Uh, Seth Williams even too, I think. Is he was like, man, you just worry about them fumbling. Like like you know when we got Gus and candidly off the record, and obviously I'm kind of sharing something that he said off the record. Yeah. But he, he's he's doing fine. He'll be fine. Uh, candidly, you know, just candidly, you know, he worry about those freshmen fumbling the ball. He'd yeah. be like, man, I just don't know. And so. Hey, man, Jarquez going into a big game. You worry about him holding on to the ball, you know, because it's a different kind of tackler than high school. Yes. It's very different. And very different than who they faced against yes. Akron and Alabama yeah. State. And, and they're highly trained defensive Assassins. players. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what I thought you were going <laughs> Highly trained defensive players who play at a really high level of football who know how to strip the ball. You know what I mean? Like, hey, man, uh, you know, if you don't have worm – you know, you're kind of worried. But I'll say this, Jordan, and I don't know where you're at on this, but if I'm Penn State, I'm going to stop the run no matter who's in the backfield. Yes. And I'm going to ask Bo Nix to beat me. Yes. If you can get and, in a situation where you're making Auburn throw like more than 30 times, I think uh-huh. you consider that a win if you're Penn State. So even if Jarquez is back there, no matter who's back there, I'm feeling like Penn State's going to key in on the run anyway. Okay. So you, you want Tank to get what he can, and you want Mike Bobo to be – uh, creative with his draws and screens that gives Tank the ball, uh, but 
because he's your best player mm-hmm. on offense, uh, besides Roger McCreary. Uh, but um, you know, that's you know, I'm thinking they're going to want to stop the run anyway. Bo might have to win this game with his arm, yep. regardless of whether Worm is there or not. What do I you agree. think? I agree completely. I think if you're Penn State, if you're Brent Pry, who's the defensive coordinator, he's been there for quite a while at this point. Nice. You can tell I did a little bit of research. That <laughs> uh, that's what you want to do. And you think about the situations, and I'm thinking, I'm trying to remember one of the games last year, it might have been that South Carolina loss. It just, uh, when you looked at the stats at the end of the day, they had both throw so much in that game, and you're like, that's just not a winning combination, you know, to ask him to throw 30, 35, 40 times. You're just, you know. South Carolina game was weird. That was just a very. We knew, like, that first drive it was like oh my god okay something, chad wants bo to throw the ball something's win. happening yeah here. i remember right after it was like yeah i remember someone saying like you know what if gus was calling plays they'd have run the ball more and they would have won the game yes they anyway. would have and they almost came back was a yeah. weird thing yeah yeah but i think that's the situation penn state's really going to try to to stop tank and, and stop jarquez or sean whoever winds up being that number two guy because I feel pretty confident that you're going to see Tank spelled a, you know, a decent bit because you want him fresh in those carries that are going to matter. Mm-hmm. But the point you made about fumbling is going to be huge. I, I truly think no matter who winds up winning this game, I'm expecting a very close game. I'm expecting a game decided probably well into the fourth quarter. Sure. You cannot afford to give away possessions in those kind of games. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, you know, obviously Jarquez can go out here and prove himself. I mean, this could be – Sure. It's funny. We talked to Tank Bigsby this week, and he talked about this as a big opportunity for him, which it is. But I'd say it's equally as important for Jarquez because he can show you and say, look, I know those first two games I had were against, uh-huh. quite frankly, subpar competition – Mm-hmm. But look, I just did, you know, whatever, you know, if he was to go off, he could say, look, I just did this against a top 10 team. Right. And I mean, hey, man, that's the the grim reality of the situation. Obviously, everybody wants Worm to play. Uh, but, you know, when, when someone ahead of you is unavailable and you have playing time, that's opportunity. Next man up. Yeah, right. So we'll see and we'll see if that's the case maybe maybe number eight's out there we don't know yeah we'll see uh i'm sure we'll Brian find Harson out likes to keep secrets yes a lot of coaches do to be fair that's fair uh when we get to saturday we'll see who's warming up i'm sure i'll be tweeting about that stuff um we'll go over just a, a couple things that we're kind of looking at um when i look at penn state sean clifford the quarterback he's been there a while mm-hmm. uh, kind of had a rough 2020 but the entire penn state team had a rough 2020 started 0 and 5 why yeah, we got us four forget. games they were bad. They were 0-5. <laughs> they were 0-5 football team. Yes, they were really bad. And they turned it around a little bit. He turned the ball over a lot more than he had in the past. He ended 2020 with 16 touchdowns, 9 interceptions. Um, but so far, I think he's thrown two touchdowns, no picks. They've done a good job holding on to the ball. Noah Kane's a guy that got hurt last year. He was part of it kind of falling apart for Penn State, sure. him getting hurt. And sure. uh, he had had a really good freshman year. Um, they've got some good receivers that Brian Harson has spoke well of. Um, they got good defense. Ellis Brooks, I believe, is a linebacker that's really impressed. And they got a defensive end transfer from Temple that has done really well. Mm-hmm. Granted, they did have a really good game against Wisconsin. Then they followed up with uh, – with Ball State, which is right. obviously a step down. But, I mean, of the MAC teams, they won the MAC last year. So, at least it was sure. – if you're going to play a team like that, that's that's a decent little test. Sure. But, uh, Penn State's got some playmakers. I'm excited to, to see, you know, what it actually looks like when I get up there uh, to State College and, and see how they're able to go against this Auburn team. It's going to be fun. 
We'll I see, agree. man. It's I a agree. couple of unknowns because everyone's like, oh, Auburn's a wild card because we don't know. You know, they've only played two bad teams. But, like, again, like we say, it's like Penn State went four and five, five, four and five last year. Yeah. It was a, team, a losing team is in the top ten after two wins. There's not much known about them either. Yes. If you were going to say, oh, it's a whole different story, well, then that means it's a new story. And a brand-new offensive coordinator. Right. So, I mean, they, they're changing things like up. Yersich. Yes. Hey, I would have see, not I knew that. <laughs> see, we can do this coaching game. <laughs> Two can play this game. Before we kind of move along, the one thing I want to throw out, because it's been the talk of this week leading up to the Auburn-Penn State game, is the environment. Yep. I mean, Beaver Stadium, 105,000, like 700 people capacity. Yep. Uh, what are your thoughts as far as the, the factor that's going to play and if that should be a concern? If you're an Auburn fan looking at this game, mm-hmm. what what should you be feeling about that aspect? You know what, Jordan? It's going to be a factor. Agreed. It will be a factor. Yes. There will be communication issues. There will be problems. Uh, there are times – there are some things you can't anticipate no matter what. Uh, however – um, you know, and I, you know, I don't know how many environments like this Brian Harson has ever been in. Yes, ever. Very few. So maybe when he's in te- at Texas. Exactly. Uh, but you know who has been in these environments? Mike Bobo. True. And Derek Mason. True. Uh, well, certainly Mike Bobo. Which Derek, is, Derek's been. It's just yeah, might but, not have ended quite as well. But how? You know. How many times were those stadiums at full throat for Vanderbilt? Yeah, thing. I'm talking more like when they had to go to like Brian Denny. Like it was very much like if they Vanderbilt played Alabama or whatever. Right, but then the Brian Denny fans aren't going crazy about the Vanderbilt game. That's what I'm saying. That's fair. So, that, that, I'll give you that. That's fair. <laughs> but Mike Bobo on offense where it matters, yes. for where communication matters, yes. he's been in this a thousand times. You know, he's been to, I don't know, I'm not sure, you know, Georgia. You know what's crazy? You know, I thought about Georgia and Florida. You know, I was, I was talking about that, that swamp game. You know, there's not – there are less opportunities for a big road environment for Georgia and Florida because they don't have to play at each other. Jacksonville. Right. So there's just less of an opportunity, whereas in the West, it's like you're either in Death Valley or Jordan-Hare. You're either in Bryant-Denny or in Jordan-Hare every other year. Anyway, besides the point, Bobo's been in plenty of these environments. He's surely been – I don't know about the swamp because of the neutral site, but he's been to Death Valley. He's been to Jern Hare, probably been to Bryant Denny, been to all these places. Um, so uh, one would th- – and then the players have too. Okay, we talked about Bo Nix, you know, started in the swamp as a freshman. He's done Kyle Field. He did – you know, that first year he was a freshman and he did Kyle Field, he did the swamp, and he did uh, uh, Death Valley. Yeah. And that was all before COVID. Those were all full capacity. Um, and a lot of the usual suspects, you know, Sean Shivers, a lot of these players, Smoke Monday, these guys play in those games. They, they know what's up. So um, in that way, you know, um, you have coaches who've been in it. You've had some players that have been in it. Uh, and, you know, the thing is, you know, we keep hearing the, the Penn State talk of like, oh, Auburn has no idea what they're coming into. It's like Auburn has some idea. Auburn has some idea. Um, so we'll see. Um, and if, you know, uh, there will be problems, but I think they can handle it. Uh, but you know, especially to begin with, you want to have a good script, you want to get an early score and you want to try to, you know, I mean, I don't, I don't think there's any taking them out of it, you know, the whole game because it's the whiteout and they're all really excited about the whiteout. Uh, but um, you know, I think if you if you plan ahead and hope and you if you're an Auburn fan, you hope that this staff has understood what they're walking into. They they should have a plan in place. I agree. I mean, to me, you hit on what I've thought the whole time is that this is going to be a factor. 
I mean, yes. when it's that loud, it's not not going to have an effect. And you may see right. some false starts or stuff like that, but uh-huh. this won't be like a totally new experience. You're not going to see like Bo Nix look like he's you know doesn't know what what to do and you know is panicked. I mean, because it's mm-hmm. been loud in stadiums before. Clearly, it will have an effect, but it's uh-huh. not going to be like totally foreign to what they've mm-hmm. seen in past games. We were talking about it a little bit before. Isn't it weird that Penn State is like, oh, well, it's the whiteout. We're going to be loud. And it's like, what are y'all doing the other games? What, what happens? <laughs> what be, loud, be loud when Illinois comes <laughs> yeah, down. It's like, oh, it's different for the whiteout. And I'm like, well, so so in October, quiet as a mouse? What's y'all's deal? Just just be loud. Have fun. <laughs> Enjoy the game. But anyway, it's special to them, so I don't know. Don't get blinded by it. Whatever. Fair. Fair. Well, no, it will be a factor. Uh, but uh, you, if if you're smart, if you're Brian Harson and you're smart, you lean on Mike Bobo, who's been in these places. You lean on Bo Nix, who's been in these places, and you know you kind of you go in with some humility and some understanding that, that it is going to be loud. No doubt. Well, this was a, a fun episode to do for the podcast because. This is something new, and I hope we can do this every week starting from now on. Reaching out to beat writers for the opposing team to get their perspective and even talk sort of outside of just the game and talk a little bit about the experience if you're an Auburn fan going up to State College, things to look for. So we did that this week. David Eckerd, uh, he writes for Blue White Illustrated, which is part of the Rivals Network. He was kind enough to hop on a Zoom with me, so we got on there, talked about the game, talked about you know the players for Penn State that stands out to him, sort of his expectations for the game, and, and even maybe a couple restaurants, a couple of uh, amenities around State College that uh, some Auburn fans may want to check out on Saturday. Uh, so let's roll into that clip. Well, David, a big game coming up on Saturday, and and I kind of want to start talking about Penn State. 2020 was kind of an odd year. They start 0-5, kind of regroup at the end of the year. Just what are your thoughts on this year's team two games in as they get ready for this game against Auburn? Yeah. Uh, It's easy to tell that there's a much different dynamic uh, about this team. Uh, The the record tells you that. You know, it's a team that went and beat Wisconsin on the road to start the season, um, which, you know, I personally wasn't expecting. I, I don't think many people around the, uh, around the beat were expecting that either. So yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. There's a new offensive coordinator in Mike Yersich. So we're kind of still trying to figure out what he's all about. Um, you know, the, the two games that they've won so far, they've, they've done those um, in very different ways offensively against Wisconsin. Uh, they, they threw the ball over the top. They, they got big plays, and that's how they won the game. And against Ball State, um, who won the MAC last season, uh, last week, they kind of uh, – it was more of a nickel-and-dime approach. Ball State had kind of said, look, you're not going to do the same thing to us. So uh, Penn State moved a little bit slower. And then on defense, you know, they, they've, they're generating turnovers. Um, their linebackers look great. That was a big problem for them last year. They, they look pretty good so far. Um, they've got a really exciting transfer defensive end from Temple, um, Arnold Ebichetti, who's looked really good. So, yeah, I mean, just generally the vibes around Penn State are very positive right now um, yeah, compared to last season, especially, as, as you mentioned, they started 0-5. So, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at, I guess. Who has stood out to you, just generally speaking, on both sides of the ball for Penn State through two games? Oh, sure. Yeah, so uh, on defense, it's been Arnold Ebichetti. 
Um, as I kind of alluded to, he's got a couple sacks. He just looks, looks really explosive. He's going to play the right defensive end position most of the time if if Auburn fans want to look out for him. Um, and then, you know, at, at safety on defense, they've got a preseason All-American um, in, in Jaquan Brisker, who had a really, really, really good game against Wisconsin. But um, we think he might be a little bit banged up. Um, so we'll kind of see where he's at for this weekend. He didn't play very much against Ball State. Um, and then on offense, you know, the, the, the guy on offense, Jahan Dodson, um, wide receiver. Um, you know, he's just one of those guys where he's going to get his, whether Penn State's playing well or not. Um, you know, he's, he's a veteran. He's been, been around, um, you know, in, in, in Penn State's biggest games. He's, he's done well, too. He had a really good game against Ohio State last year. So I'm expecting him to play well on Saturday. Um, yeah, on offense, it's interesting. Outside of Dotson, you know, you got to look at Sean Clifford, um, who he really did not have a good season last year at all. And then this year he's been a little bit better. He's not, he hasn't turned the ball over yet, which is big. Um, so that's, those are kind of the four guys that, you know, if I'm an Auburn fan, I'm, I'm looking out for. It's funny you mentioned Dodson because that was the first Penn State player Brian Harson mentioned on Monday when he, he rattled off a few different players. But I wanted to ask you about Sean Clifford. Like you said, it was a rough 2020, and obviously he wasn't helped with guys getting hurt around him. But do you think he has maybe progressed from last season, or, or how do you sort of see things working, like you said, with a new offensive coordinator, um, maybe what he's kind of shaping up to look like going into this Auburn game? Yeah, I think I – think- Mike Yurcich, the new the new OC, has done a pretty good job making things relatively easy for him so far, especially against Ball State. I mean, he didn't really have to make a, a very many difficult throws. Wisconsin, that wasn't really the case. You know, he missed some guys open downfield, but Penn State got so many of those opportunities that it didn't really matter. Um, they hit on enough of them to win. So, yeah, it, the, the big thing, as I kind of alluded to, is he's not giving the ball away right now. Um, and it's not really – he hasn't – if you look at Pro Football Focus, they have, like, a metric that um, counts turnover-worthy plays, and he has zero so far. So it's not like he's throwing intercept balls that should be picked that are getting dropped or anything. He's playing well. So that that might be where he's made a little bit of headway. I think as far as, you know, what his arm is and the throws that he's capable of making, I think that he kind of is what he is at this point. But if he can just – continue to be smart and not hand the ball to the other football team as he will sometimes do, I think Penn State will be in good shape. That sounds a lot like Bo Nix on the Auburn side. I mean, I think the big thing that they kind of stress right now, and, and what will be a big key in the game is limiting those turnovers. Um, and so that will be something to watch there. When you look at this game, David, what do you feel like are going to be the keys or the, the things that may decide who wins this game? And, and if you feel like uh, throwing in a prediction, by all means, go for it. Sure. Um, I think Penn State's offensive line against Auburn's pass rush is going to be really important. Penn State has a really talented offensive line, but it hasn't looked great so far. Um, so that's going to be really big um, against Wisconsin. I, they just they didn't get – even in the run game, they weren't getting much, much push, and Wisconsin was constantly in the backfield. So, yeah, that's that's something I'm really watching. Um, another thing that I'm, I'm I'm just kind of thinking about is is how is Auburn going to handle this? Because this is Auburn's first true road game with 
a full capacity in a long time. Um, and look, this is not your typical road game. And, and I, I do think it's a little bit cliche, like how are they going to handle the road crowd? Like we say that every week, but I think in, this is one of the very few instances in college football where you do have to consider that. So I, I am interested to see how that happens. If you look at Penn State's last whiteout game, that was against Michigan in, in 2019, um, you know, Michigan started awfully. They were turning the ball over. They had to call a timeout on their first play, you know, pre-snap penalties the whole nine. And I think Penn State was up uh, maybe two or three scores at halftime. And the game finished a one-score game. So, you know, if Michigan had its wits about it a little bit better at the beginning of the game, you know, that game might end differently. So, you know, that's going to be something that's important from an Auburn perspective, I think. And then, you know, just looking at, at matchups, uh, I think Penn State's secondary is really good. Penn State has, you know, James Franklin has said that this is his best secondary. So I think Auburn is going to have to run the football. So Auburn's, you know, offensive line against Penn State's front seven, where, you know, maybe they aren't quite as strong is going to be an interesting matchup. So those are kind of the three things that I'm looking at, I guess. And then as far as the prediction, um, I guess I'll go, I'll go Penn State 28, Auburn 21. Um, I think, I think Penn State wins. Uh, you know, Penn State has shown that, you know, already this season that they're capable of beating a good football team against Wisconsin. Um, Auburn hasn't, you know, Auburn's, Auburn is a little bit of a wild card. We don't know what Auburn is yet. So with, with that in mind, I, I think that's, that's the pick that I'll make. For sure. And I, I feel like that's sort of the general vibe. I mean, at least, you know, I think people expect with that crowd, I mean, that Auburn's going to have its share of issues. And I wanted to ask you that just sort of from the, from the fan perspective or just what you've seen around the program. Is there a high anticipation, you think, for this game? Like you said, this is going to be the first wideout since that Michigan game. What have you been kind of hearing or maybe the feel you've gotten going into Saturday? Yeah, it's 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 gonna be it's gonna be an awesome game. People are really excited. Um, and it's like that for for every whiteout game here, but I think it's gonna be a little bit different this year because Auburn is something different. You know, uh, Penn State fans haven't seen Auburn I think since uh, they played a bowl game in the early two thousands. I think, but uh, yeah. So uh, I, I think, especially because if you look at the last eight whiteout games for Penn State, it's been Michigan or Ohio State. So it's going to be something new, something different. People here are really excited. Um, I'm sure, you know, I'm sure every seat in that house is going to be packed. James Franklin actually said after the game on Saturday, you know, if, if you've got a seat and you're not using it, please sell it. <laughs> you know, so he's kind of calling for that. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be fun. It's going to be it's going to be a great atmosphere. I'm really excited. Um, the thing about Beaver Stadium in the press box is that especially at whiteout games, it'll shake. It'll like sway back and forth. So that's going to be interesting. I'm not a big heights guy to begin with. So I, <laughs> I kind of have to balance my excitement with that. But uh, it'll, it'll be fun. I'm really excited. Well, thanks for the heads up. So I don't have a, a you know, freak out in the second quarter of the game <laughs> on Saturday. Uh, you, mentioned, you mentioned the, the anticipation. I really think that it's the same for Auburn fans. They're going to make that trip up there. I think that this is kind of, one of those, you know, bucket list games because it's very rare for Auburn to play a game like this. I mean, really looking at the last few years, it's been since 2017 that they've played a true road game uh, out of conference. 
and that was a game against Clemson. Um, but for the Auburn fans that are going to go up to State College and check it out, what recommendations do you have? Any restaurants, any sites they should see? Anything like that that you think might kind of add to their game day experience? Yeah, as far as restaurants, if you're looking at something that's walkable from the stadium, um, you know, the, the really nice option, if you want that, is, is the Tavern downtown. Um, kind of like the classic Penn State restaurant is, is the Corner Room, which is, again, walkable. Um, if you're looking for breakfast, uh, people like the Waffle House. I'm not huge on it, but that's kind of like the, you know, every, every, every college town has that one place where everybody loves it. And you're like, eh, I don't know. Um, and then Penn State is actually known for its ice cream too. So you can go to the Penn State Creamery. That's really not far from Beaver Stadium at all. Um, so yeah, I think those would kind of be my recommendations. If you don't mind driving, um, the field is really good. That's the name of the restaurant, The Field. Um, it's a little bit of a ways. Probably wouldn't do that on game day just from a traffic perspective, but if you're going to be here Friday or even Thursday, that might be something that I would look at. Um, but, yeah, I, I, you know, there's plenty. Penn State is a – State College is a great college town. It's, you know, it's got, it's got all of your typical college town stuff, so there's, there's plenty of options for sure. I'm probably going to write down a few of those. So when I get into town, I can go check them out. Uh, David, before we get out of here, I got to ask. Uh, so Gianna Hahn is a mutual friend. She was down here and cover, covering Auburn. She's now covering the Philadelphia Flyers. She told me to ask about your $25 flower and your cat. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I have to buy a special flower because I, uh, I can't eat wheat. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, and then I got, I've got a little cat who I, I just adopted. Her name is S'mores. And uh, she's, uh, she doesn't have, one of her ears is like cut off because she had some mites. So she's a funny looking little, little girl, but uh, she's great. She actually, um, she came from the shelter and, you know, she had kittens in the shelter and her name is S'mores and the kittens names are Marshmallow, Graham Cracker and Chocolate, which is fantastic. So uh, yeah, I appreciate Jonna giving S'mores a shout out there. <laughs> for sure we can't do the podcast without that well David I really appreciate the time let the Auburn fans know who listen to this uh, where they can follow you where they can see your content and, and maybe if you kind of know what you're gonna be working on this week some stuff they can keep an eye out for sure so yeah you can follow me on Twitter um, at David Eckert 98 that's E-C-K-E-R-T and then uh, all my content is on bwi.rivals.com that's Blue White Illustrated um, yeah, you know, this week, kind of standard uh, pre-week stuff. Um, James Franklin is talking Tuesday, so uh, if you're listening to this, he'll probably, we'll probably already have a bunch of content up for that. And then he'll speak again Wednesday. I'm sure he'll have plenty to say about Auburn. So, yeah, um, that's kind of what I'm looking at in, uh, in the near future here. So, Well, David, I really appreciate the time, and I'm sure I'll probably see you on Saturday in Beaver Stadium. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to it. Thanks for having me. Again, yeah, I want to say thanks to David for taking the time to do that, and, and I think our I'm honorary do... Sarah Polcheski, yes. our third leg of the fuck, yes. <laughs> and uh, but uh, I'm gonna try to check out that creamery because I'm like, oh, I yeah, forgot. Man. I'd heard talk about that, which I mentioned Gianna in that clip, sure. but uh, yeah. I think Gianna had mentioned that they've got the creamery up there, so I gotta check that Dude, out. Dude, there you go. I thought it was interesting. You know, I don't know. I'm talking about Sean Clifford. Yes. You know, uh, Sean and Bo are two much maligned, uh, and that's often a... criticized. And that's the thing that hit me when I was talking to David was like, oh, they kind of, like, like, you both. know, like, hold on to the ball. And I was like, 
Man, I've never heard that one before. <laughs> like, da- I should have asked David, is this the year for Sean Clifford? But <laughs> right. Maybe that'll be the next time. But yeah, it was good to get his perspective, and I think that that's neat, and that's something that I hope we can do, you know, going forward with yeah. the different games. Because, I mean, you know, we can only know so much, and, you know, when you get the chance, you might be able to watch some of those other teams that Auburn's going to play in action, but it's not quite like, you know, having an expert that's mm-hmm. on the ground like we are here at Auburn mm-hmm. to kind of feed you uh, the info and sort of what they've been seeing, you know, even going back to fall camp. Yeah, and he talked about that receiver, Jay Hahn, talked about that, mm-hmm. that transfer from Temple, that defensive end. Those are people to look out for, so mm-hmm. we'll see what kind of impact they can have on the game. And you talk about an Auburn offensive line that's going to have communication issues. Mm-hmm. When it's that loud, hey man, the right tackle is jumping off the ball that much later. Yeah. Because he's, he's got to feel the ball being snapped instead of hearing it. Mm-hmm. So, hey, man, he, the, that DN's got a little bit of a jump on the right tackle in the home field environment. So sure. that's something important to look for. And then when is Bo at his worst? When he's being pressured. So, hey, man, big big matchup there, I think. Before we wrap up, let's talk about predictions. I'll go ahead and get mine out there. I've got Penn State 28-24. I think it's going to be a really good game. I think that you're going to see the run game play pretty well. I, I you know, I think Jarquez is going to step up and have some good carries. Tank is going to be Tank. I think ultimately my like projection is that Auburn has a turnover late. Uh-huh. Uh, Penn State capitalizes and is able to hold off Auburn. But I, th- I wouldn't be surprised at all if Auburn were to win this game. But I've got Penn State edging out Auburn uh, in, in what I think is going to be a really exciting game. Jordan, I'm taking the Tigers. Whoa. Uh, for, you know, Not man, so fast, my friend. Outright, I'm taking the Tigers. Uh, I don't think Bo's a bad quarterback. I think, Bo, I think they're going to ask Bo to beat him, and I think Bo's going to do it. I think it's going to be like 24 to 16 or something weird and mm. dumb and low They're scoring. They're like a 19. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, before you fall in love with me, Auburn fans, you never would. Uh, my my big prediction is I think uh, Auburn beats Penn State but loses to LSU. Yeah. That's my little my – little, because, at the, you know, at the beginning – at that first week, it's like, oh, Penn State beat Wisconsin. Oh, LSU lost to UCLA. But I'm like, hey, man, you know. You know anyway, off track for right now. Uh, but I think Auburn has the dudes to go up here and win this game. Uh, I think Auburn's athleticism on defense will be a big deal. Um, I mean, this entire offseason and all camp, we're like, man, Penn State is offense. Like, they don't have an offense. What the heck are they going to do? Uh, they went 4-5 and five last year, and now all of a sudden they score twice against Wisconsin, and it's like, oh, I, I'm – Sticking to my guns, you know, it's obvious. It could be easy to read a lot in the Ball State or something like that. But I felt in, you know, in August that Auburn was going to win this game, and I still think that I think they will. So I'm going to stick to that gut instinct and not read the read into what what's happened. So uh, yeah, I, I pick Auburn, um, and I, yeah, outright. I think it'll be a good game. And you're telling me that the Wisconsin Penn State game, which I don't remember who <laughs> tweeted this, but said that it set college football back three decades. You're telling me you didn't come away impressed with that offense? I was impressed by that offense. It was I, bad. I guess not. Uh, yeah. So I think uh, you know, and then and then, so I have high expectations for you know for Derek Mason, for Mike Bobo, and for Brian Harson. And you know, if they lose and it's a poor showing, I'm going to grade them accordingly because I think this is a winnable game for Auburn football. 
Well, we'll get ready and we'll have all kind of coverage. I'll be up there for the game, and I'm sure Justin and, and our intern Jake Weiss will be cranking out Dr. content Weiss. back here. Oh, yeah. Uh, before we get out of here, Auburn soccer had a big match on Sunday. Yeah. Uh, just fill us in on how that played out, and even even though Auburn couldn't come up with a mm-hmm. big upset win, just sort of the way things are, are looking for the soccer program going forward. Uh, two to one loss for the Tigers against uh, number one, top ranked Florida State. Uh, one of the biggest non-conference home games in the history of Auburn soccer. Uh, the fans packed it out. Uh, Karen Hoppe saluted them after. Um, it was almost one of those weird games where it's almost too big because uh, right off the bat, Florida State scores. It was almost like a wrestling match, Jordan, where sometimes <laughs> sometimes a match is so big that the bad guy will like, cheat at the beginning. I don't, know how to, I don't know what I'm trying to describe. But it doesn't play out the way everyone anticipates. Yeah. And that's that was like a, a one-minute-in shocker, a stunner, right? But Auburn stuck in there. Auburn could have, like, folded is what I'm trying to get at. But they didn't. Uh, they they went down 2-0 uh, at halftime. But then Anna Haddock, who else but Anna Haddock, drilled a, a, a missile from, like, 25 yards out. Um, the the game kind of progressed like this, I'll say. Uh, Florida State got the stunner at the beginning. In the middle of the first half, Auburn kind of settled in and realized that they can play with that team. And then late first half, Florida State just got a ton of chances. They adjusted as good teams do. Uh, they used a lot of their speed. They were a faster team. And, uh, and ultimately just had you know the last 20 minutes of that first half controlled possession and got a lot of opportunities and one of them found the back of the net. Second half, it got chippy to Auburn's credit. And Auburn you know, was physical. Auburn was, you know, had to take that mentality and uh, got their goal, and then had had, and then it was a reversal of the end of that first uh, half. Auburn, I will uh, absolutely had Florida State on their heels for the pat for the last twenty minutes or so, but obviously credit Florida State could not find the goal that they needed. Um, so I mean that's as and that's as good of a preparation for SEC play as you can get. They're six and one going into conference. They play Georgia on Friday. Um, got a big winning streak against Georgia right now. I think they went three and zero against Georgia last year. Um, but but now it's now it's the SEC, and now you try to put this this outstanding non conference that you had uh, put it to use and 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 try to become a contender in the conference. Because um, I don't know, Karen Hoppe said it going into that Florida State game. He's like, hey, we have nothing to lose. Um, going six and one in non conference was already above and beyond what we'd have wanted. Like that's that's really good. Uh, if you were setting expectations before the season. So uh, that game was just gravy for them, icing on the cake. So now they go into conference and they're going to try to, you know, SEC has a lot of really good teams. We keep saying this about the the Olympic sports, the non-revenue sports. The conference is on the upswing in everything and in in soccer uh, too. I think you're going to see an SEC soccer national champion uh, very soon because Vanderbilt is really good. Uh, uh, Arkansas is really good. Florida's good at every sport because they're Florida, mm. and their recruiting effort is to send someone a postcard uh, <laughs> and get the best athletes in the country. Uh, so, so yeah. So, um, uh, but but Auburn here uh, has a chance to you know capitalize and 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 be one of the top contenders in the conference, uh, and and they showed against Florida State that they can, um, and 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 you know. Karen said she thinks they proved they're a top ten team, 
And and lo and behold, when the the rankings come out, Auburn dropped from 10 to 12th. Not a lot. Not a big drop. There's probably a couple teams that are still undefeated that people felt felt like they needed to rank ahead of them. Uh, but uh, but yeah, you, they got a chance to move right back up with a strong start to SEC play. So uh, yeah, big. Uh, it was a big day for Auburn soccer. I think it always is when you host the number one team in the country. Uh, the only other time Karen could think of was was North Carolina in 2001. Which is weird because it was right after 9/11 too. Last week was 9/11. We were talking about it, yeah. Uh, but yeah. So I don't know. That's uh, that's that was that was Auburn soccer this week, a big one. And now they they start with the rivalry game with Georgia. So we'll see where they take this momentum into 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 conference play, and and volleyball is still undefeated. And yeah, things things are still going <laughs> yeah. swimmingly for Auburn <laughs> athletics. Hey, well, still the swimming and diving. Yeah, take let's that. throw them in there too. <laughs> Uh, well, let's get out of here, Justin. Uh, you let's know, go. again, shout out David Eckerd. Follow his gotta stuff. Get you on for the... Yes, I got to get ready to go. Um, <laughs> follow David's stuff for the Penn for the Penn State side of things uh, these next few days, and then keep an eye out. I would say late Saturday night, early Sunday morning, we'll be posting our feedback. Uh, probably will be a Zoom between uh, the two of us, just talking about the Penn State game, how things played out. Sure, a uh, lot of content coming. You know, keep your eye out. We'll have our game day edition. Mm-hmm. I'll have a story about pretty much every road non-conference game that Auburn has played since uh, the 21st century. Yeah. So that was nice to do a little digging, throw some, uh, you know, retro, I guess not retro, sure, but throwback sure. photos on that story. Yeah, so that yeah. was pretty cool. Um, be looking for all that content. Uh, make sure and rate, subscribe, follow uh, the podcast, and do all that good stuff. Share, uh, tell tell everybody uh, <laughs> about us, and uh, we see uh, see you guys listening and seeing the numbers. It's pretty nice to see. Yeah, and uh, we're gonna keep it going. And if you ever got questions, holler at us. Yeah, this we'll is a hometown. Them. This is a hometown product. We'll baby. do it. Call us up on the on the sports <laughs> desk. We'll talk. But uh, we'll get out of here on that. Uh, thanks again for listening. Until next week. Until I guess. Saturday night. Yep. Take care.